We're super excited about, if y'all have been to Liberty long enough, y'all know the first month of January is our 21 days of prayer and faxes, prayer and fasting and giving. And um, we're really, really excited. So this message is going to be preparing us to go into that season um, of the new year. Um, and so next Sunday, we will begin our 21 days of prayer, fasting, and reaching. So we're going to talk about um, why, what we're doing, why we're doing it, and how we're going to do it. And so for 2020, we are believing for a clear vision. We are going to see, God, Jesus is going to do some awesome stuff. We're going to see more supernatural, we're we're praying and believing that we're going to see miracles, more growth, more souls. That's what we're going, that's what we're believing 2020 is going to be for Liberty Church. Growth, more miracles, more of the supernatural, more growth, and more souls. And so our fast is actually going to start January the 5th through January the 26th. And so we just, um, that's next Sunday. You've got a week to eat whatever you want. Woo! Um, so we just want to encourage you next Sunday, we want you to pick a specific time that you're going to start your fast. And then whatever time you pick, either that's morning or not or whatever, that's the time that you're going to end on the 26th. Um, and so we want to pick a time. We want to start that time. And we're going to talk about um, some guidelines and how we're going to do that today. So we're really excited. So we want to encourage you to pick a time for next Sunday. So we're going to do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the first point we're going to talk about today, we're going to go through some guidelines. If you've never fasted before, we just kind of want to lay it out for you um, and kind of help you get a picture of what we're doing and why we're doing it. And so the first thing we're going to talk about is define your fast. What are you fasting from? So remember, we are doing a corporate fast, so we're all going to be doing this together. But fasting is a personal act of devotion to God. So we want to ask the Lord what he wants us what he wants you to fast from. We do encourage that you fast from some kind of food, but social media fasting produces amazing results as well. But also remember, we do not have fasting police. And so just because maybe you're going to do a Daniel fast or someone's going to do all liquids or someone's not going to eat sweets, someone's not going to eat meats, our fast is not going to be the same because there's something the Holy Spirit wants to do inside of each of us that's different. And so our fasts are going to look different. So there's no Fasting police. If I hear you, I'm going to come up to you and go, and get on to you. No fasting police. There's no right or wrong way to fast. Okay? And so we want to define it. What are you going to fast from? The thing that's helped me and Pastor Ann the last, um, well, really the whole part of my life that um, we've done this, what's helped me really define my fast is writing it down and then putting it somewhere where I'm going to see it every single day. So I'm going to fast meats and sweets. So I'm going to write that down. All right, Jessica, from January the 5th to January the 26th, you're fasting meats and sweets. And then what I like to do is write why am I fasting it? What am I believing God to do through this fast, through me um, taking away meats and sweets? What am I believing for breakthrough in? What am I wanting God, what word am I wanting for this year? Okay, God, what is the thing that you want to do in me in the vision for my life this year? And so we want to get specific with it. So we want you to define it and write it down, what you're fasting from and why you're fasting. So we want to encourage you also to pick a specific food. Social media and stuff is great. I normally do that also because I'm a social media person. I love social media. And so I normally do some kind of food and social media together, but we want to encourage you to do some type of food. This reminds yourself that your body is not your master. Food is not your master. 
God is your master and you are the master of your own body. And so we want to encourage you to pick some type of food. Um, so the next, next guideline we're going to talk about is focus on specific points of prayer. So we want to be specific. Specific prayers give God greater glory. Every week we are going to continue to agree together for our Christmas prayers. And so, excuse me, our trees are going to stay up here throughout this whole entire fast. All these prayers that we've put up here, all these petitions we've put up here, this is, we're also believing for these, but you can add more. So you don't have to be um, confined to just one thing. You can add multiple things that you're believing God for um, along with these, but we are going to be praying and agreeing together for these things. And so we want to focus on a specific point of prayer. Be specific. So like Pastor Ann shared last week um, out of the prayer circle book, if your prayers are possible to you, they're insulting to God. And so we want to get super specific with our prayers. And so one of mine, um, which I have been sharing anyway, but we're believing God for $10,000 for our baby and our prenatal care and all that kind of stuff. We don't have health insurance. So God, you're going to have to provide this $10,000 so we can pay out of pocket, not go into debt. That's what we're believing. I'm like, God, I don't care how you give it to us, whether that's raises in our jobs, that's more clients, that's someone writing us a check. I don't care how you're going to do it. God, I have crazy faith that I know that you're going to bring this provision into our lives. And so that is one of the things I'm going to be, that's super specific. Like I'm putting a number on it. You know what I'm saying? Like God loves big, audacious, specific prayers. And so we want to, don't be afraid to get specific with God. God loves specific things. Because when it does happen, you know without a shadow of a doubt, God did that. Without a doubt, it was totally him. There is no way it could have been me because it was down to the detail. It was down to the number. It was down to the specific thing I prayed for for my marriage or my kids. So we want to encourage you to get specific. And we also want to encourage you to commit to a daily devotional and scripture reading plan. <clears throat> I want to encourage you to partner with someone. Be held accountable. Um, and you can do that on Facebook, on the websites, on the app. We're doing a corporately, doing a REACH 21-day devotional, and it is in the Bible app. Uh, Brittany, you want to throw that up there? So you can actually go on your Version Bible app and um, hit plans and hit search and type in REACH, and it's literally like the second one that pops up. Um, and that's the one that we're going to be doing as a church together and you can actually invite your friends to do that with you and kind of hold each other accountable because it shows, hey, they did this one. They got a little check by, by their name, by their picture. And so we want to encourage you to definitely commit to a daily devotional and um, scripture reading. Partner with someone. Fasting can get hard sometimes during the process of denying your body certain things. And so we want you to have someone who is going, that you can text, that you can call and say, hey, I'm really struggling today. I want to eat a steak really bad. Like, I'm really struggling. Like, help me. And that person's going to encourage you. That person's going to pray for you. That person's going to lift you up and give you kind of like a pep talk. You know what I mean? Like, girl, you can do this. Don't you pick up that knife. Don't you cut that steak. Go get a salad. Whatever it is. So accountability helps so much in fasting when we are dedicating time to the Lord. Also, it's really good to have someone who's going through the same thing. Maybe you're not fasting the same things, but you are both dedicating these 21 days to draw closer to the Lord. 
And so you know you've got each other's back. So that is really, really an awesome tool. And so we want to encourage you guys um, to get connected with someone, whether that's your spouse, whether that's your girlfriends, whether that's your guy friends, whatever it is, really connect and tell them, hey, I want us to be accountable this next 21 days as we pray and we fast and we give and we reach out. We really, I really want you to hold me accountable so we can do this because I want to see God do crazy things crazy things. And so the link will actually be on our website and our Facebook page by the end of this week, this link. And so if you don't know how to work your Bible app, that's totally okay. It'll be there. You can click it and download it. So the next thing we're going to talk about is share your story. So our daily reach will be posted on Facebook and we want you to share your story in the comments. And so every day, the daily reach, the challenges that we're going to do, um, challenges us to reach up and reach in and reach out. So our comments are going to be a source of encouragement to others. So every single day through this 21-day fast, there's going to be a video on our page. And this video is going to have someone in it, and they're going to be sharing the daily reach. So you know why we picked reach? Because what does Liberty Church stand for? We want to reach out and we want to raise up, right? We want to reach out to a hurting, broken world and raise them up into the full potential that God has for them. And so that's why we added that reach in there this year. And so We want to do that every day. There will be a reach challenge. There will be a video of like, hey, today we want you to reach out and pay for someone's lunch who is in line behind you. Or, hey, today's reach is encourage someone in Walmart. Or, today's reach is go donate socks to the homeless shelter. Or, whatever it may be. There's there's 21 of them, so there's a lot. (laughs) And so that's going to be posted for you to get encouragement. So you're going to be able to go on there, see the video, um, and then read the comments like, hey, I, I really just feel discouraged. Like, how am I supposed to do this? And so the reason why we want you to share your story is so other people can go on there and be like, hey, they did that. And it, it wasn't as crazy as what I think. Because when people think about reaching out to other people, they think big and extravagant. And it's got to be like $100 or it's got to be like 50 pairs of socks. You know what I mean? But no, it's like a pair of socks. It's like $5. It's like whatever you can do to reach out. And so that is really why we want you to share your story in the comments. It's just to give other people encouragement. It's going to encourage you also by reading everybody else's things that they're doing, give you more ideas of like how to do it. Because if you're like me, you're not really like super crafty and like inspirational like my sister is. And she's like, oh, I could do this, this, this. And I'm like, I'm going to steal one of yours. Yeah, makes it a little easier. And so that's there to just really help encourage you Um, and just really kind of just give you that oomph that you need to like, hey, other people are doing this in our church. I'm not the only one doing it. We're doing this together. We are going out into a hurting, broken world, reaching out and raising people up into their full potential. Another thing we want to encourage you to do is to gather together. So y'all know every Sunday morning at both of our campuses, we have worship services and the Word, and that is super great and awesome, and we want you to continue to do that. But... (laughs) What I love about our 21-day fast is every year in our 21-day fast, we have a night of worship on Wednesday nights, and it is phenomenal. It is literally life-changing. I love it. So this year, we're actually going to do this with both of our campuses, and I'm so excited. So we're going to be doing it every Wednesday night during our fast at Camp Fire. It's going to be from 6.30 to 7.30. It's only an hour. Um, I know a lot of our Holly Pond youthies, um, if your parents don't come to church, you don't have transportation to ARAB. We are providing you with transportation. 
And so you just show up on Wednesday night at 6.15 right here in Holly Pond, and we will have your ride to ARAB, and we'll have your ride back to Holly Pond for your parents to pick you up. And so we're making no excuses why you can't come and fellowship with everyone. There will be um, a child care provided those nights also. Um, so if you have a child that's not in youth age, they do have to be accompanied by adult. They can't ride with the youth. Um, that'll be every Wednesday night. It's going to be really, really awesome. So we want to encourage you guys to come out. It's an hour. If you want to um, come at 645, you can. If you want to come at 7, you can. You don't have to be there right when it starts. You don't have to stay until it closes. It's really pop in, pop out, or come and stay the whole entire time. I want to encourage you, definitely come and stay through the whole thing. It really is super empowering. Okay, so now we're going to talk about why are we doing this. And so we're going to read Matthew 6, 1 through 6. So why are we fasting? Why are we praying? Why are we giving? Why are we reaching out? Well, we're about to find out. So Matthew 6, 1 through 6 says, Watch out. Don't do good deeds publicly to be admired by others. For you, to, for you will lose the reward from your Father in heaven. But when you give to someone in need, don't do as the hypocrites do, blowing trumpets in the synagogues, streets, and calling attention to their acts of charity. I tell you the truth, they have received all the reward they will ever get. But when you give to someone in need, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. Give your gift in private, and your Father who sees everything will reward you. When you pray, don't be like the hypocrites who love to pray publicly on street corners and in the synagogues where everyone can see them. I tell you the truth, that is all the reward they will ever get. But when you pray, go away by yourself, shut the door behind you, and pray to your Father in private. Then your Father who sees everything will reward you. So Jesus says, when you pray, when you fast, when, when, not if, but when. And then Matthew 6, 16 through 18 says, and when you fast, don't make it obvious as the hypocrites do, for they try to look miserable and um, disheveled so people will admire them for their fasting. I tell you the truth, that is the only reward they will ever receive. But when you fast, comb your hair, wash your face, brush your teeth, then no one will notice that you are fasting except your Father who knows what you, are, what you do in private. And your Father who sees everything will reward you. And so our next point is Jesus said, when you pray, when you fast, when you give, these three wins reconnect, refine, and refocus our hearts on the things that matter. When you pray, when you fast, when you give, these three wins reconnect, refine, and refocus us on what really matters. So we reconnect to the heart of God when we reach up through prayer, worship, and the word. We reconnect to the heart of God when we reach up through prayer, worship, and the word. So James 4, 8 says, Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. If we will draw near to God, he will draw near to us. And so we have to be willing during this 21 days of prayer, fasting, giving, and reaching out, when you take something out of your routine, like say you fast breakfast, well, we let, we're dedicating this 21 days to draw closer to the Lord. So when you take away breakfast, that time that you would be spending eating breakfast, put some worship music on, get in your word, do a devotional, replace what you're taking away with spending time with the Lord because it's going to reconnect you to God's heart. We connect to the affirmation of the Father, authority of the Son, and power of the Holy Spirit. 
The curse of sin is like walking on a treadmill. Unless we are purposely moving forward into a deeper place of intimacy with God, this world will pull us away. We drift away because we are being pulled away by the current of our fallen world. As how many of you have ever gotten on a treadmill? Yeah. I hate the treadmill, but I love it at the same time. But you know, when you get on a treadmill and you hit go, if you don't start walking, you're going to fall off the back, right? That is exactly how your relationship with the Lord is. If you don't get in your word, if you don't get reconnected in worship and in prayer and the word, you're literally not moving forward in your intimacy with the Lord, but you're moving backward. You're going to fall off the treadmill of life, and it's going to knock you down. But when we reconnect to the heart of God through prayer, worship, and the word, we are taking steps to further our intimacy with God. It is reconnecting us to his affirmation. You don't know who you are until you know who he says you are, right? I need the Father's affirmation every single day, especially um, on days when I'm preaching. I'm sitting over there and I'm like, all right, God, are you sure you want me uh, to do this? And he's like, yes, Jessica, I've called you to preach. I've called you to teach. I've called you to equip my people. You are gifted. Do it. Okay. Yes, God. I needed that affirmation. We all need that affirmation in our lives no matter what you're doing. And then when you reconnect in prayer, you you can, not only through the word you hear the Lord affirm you, but also through prayer you hear him affirm you. You feel that peace. You feel that comfort. You feel that joy. Whatever it is that you need, he reconnects us to that. Forgot where I was. Okay, Luke five twelve through sixteen. In one of the villages, Jesus met a man with an um, advanced case of leprosy. When the man saw Jesus, he bowed with his face to the ground, begging to be healed. Lord, he said, "If you are willing, you can heal me and make me clean." Jesus reached out. What did he do? He reached out, touched him. I am willing, he said. Be healed. And instantly the leprosy disappeared. Then Jesus instructed him to tell anyone that had happened. Not to tell anyone what had happened. He said, go to the priest and let him examine you. Take along the offering required in the law of Moses for those who have been healed of leprosy. This will be a public testimony that you have been cleansed. But despite Jesus' instructions, the report of his power spread even faster. And the crowds came to hear him preach and to be healed of their diseases. But Jesus often withdrew to the wilderness for prayer. And so why this is so important, why reconnecting to the heart of God through reaching up through prayer, worship, and the word is so important. Jesus even did this in his ministry. And these were all good people. These were people who were hungry for truth. They were hungry for the word of God. They were hungry for healing. They were hungry for God to touch them. They were were hungry. They just wanted to be in his presence. But Jesus realized that without the life of God in him, without the affirmation of his Father, without the authority of the Son, without the power of the Holy Spirit, he could not give them what he doesn't have. Does that make sense? You can't give someone what you don't have. And so Jesus even had to withdraw. So we have to disconnect from the demands of our world, from our jobs, from our families, and those are all really great, wonderful things, from our ministries, We have to disconnect from the demands of the world to reconnect to the heart of the Father. The reality is that we can't give what we don't have. Like I just said, spiritual dehydration, dehydrated Christians can't produce fruit. 
If you're not in the word, if you're not in prayer, if you're not in worship, you are not, we are dehydrated. We are withering away. We are not reproducing any fruit. Um, an article about fruit trees. So this is pretty cool. The greatest danger to a tree is actually dehydration. It's not a storm. It's not insects. It's not diseases. A dehydrated tree is vulnerable. So when the tree doesn't have water, now it is vulnerable to diseases and sickness and attacks. But a healthy tree needs a weekly soaking and a daily watering to stay vibrant and fruitful. So the thing that withers a tree is dehydration. And so we have to think, the thing that's going to dehydrate us as Christians, as believers, as followers of Jesus, is not attacks from the enemy. It's not diseases. It's being dehydrated from the word, from prayer, and from worship. That is what is going to wither us away if we are not fully connected to the vine of who Jesus is. So we have to have a weekly soaking. You know what a weekly soaking is? Sunday morning. We're com- you're coming in. You're getting poured into. You're getting soaked on. We're just like giving you all we got. You know what I mean? You're getting soaked on. You're getting a soaking. You're coming together with other believers and y'all are soaking in the presence. You are soaking up the word. That's your, da- that's your weekly soaking. But you need a daily watering. We need a daily watering. We need a daily quiet time. We need a daily time where we're spending in the word, that we're spending in worship, just thanking God for what he's done for us, what he's going to do, and in prayer. Just, just being with him. That's all he wants is to be with you. And so we have to reconnect to the heart of God by reaching up through prayer, worship, and the word. And so the next point we're going to talk about is we refine our hearts when we allow the Holy Spirit to reach in to our lives through fasting and draw out the things that don't belong. So I want to clarify what fasting does not do. Fasting doesn't please God. Jesus' death, resurrection pleases him. We can't add to what Jesus has already done. Faith is the finished work of Jesus. That's what pleases God. If you fast, if you don't fast. I mean, the Bible says we want to fast. We want to dedicate time to the Lord. But it doesn't please God. It doesn't add to what Jesus has already done. God is already pleased with you. But we do this to draw closer to him. We do this to just say, hey, God, we're willing to sacrifice whatever it is because our relationship with you is that important. So fasting doesn't please God. Fasting doesn't appease God either. God is not mad at you. Jesus' death satisfied God's wrath. So fasting doesn't appease God. He is not mad at you. But fasting is a spiritual discipline that weeds out what doesn't belong and establishes the things that we need in our lives. Fasting makes our body our servant instead of our master. Like I said earlier, fasting reminds your body that, hey, I'm the master. You're not the master of me. Food's not the master of me. Sweets aren't the master of me. Social media is not the master of me. I'm the master of myself, and I'm going to tell my body what it needs to do. So 1 Corinthians 9, 23-27 says, I do everything to spread the good news and share in its blessings. Don't you realize that in a race everyone runs, but only one person gets the prize? So run to win. All athletes are disciplined in their training. They do it to win a prize that will fade away. But we as Christians do it for an eternal prize. 
So I run with purpose in every step. I am not just shadow boxing. I discipline my body like an athlete, training it to do what it should. Otherwise, I fear that after preaching to others, I myself might be disqualified. So an undisciplined flesh disqualifies us from being used by God at our highest level. Undisciplined flesh, our undisciplined carnal nature, if we refuse to discipline our bodies and tell them what to do, we are now putting a limit on how we can be used by God to our fullest potential. Not that God can't use you, because He can, but He can't use you to His fullest potential. You think you're, you're, you're at your fullest, your highest right now? You're not. There's more. There's a, there's a next level. There's more that you can do, and that comes when we say, okay, God, I'm willing, willing to sacrifice that. I'm willing to sacrifice me, even though I really love it. I love me. I'm willing to put it down and to focus on you. So our carnality lowers the standard in our lives, which lowers the level of our impact and our influence for the gospel. So we have to run this race like an athlete. You know, like I've never been a runner ever, ever, So I was playing basketball. I like to run in basketball, but that's about it. Uh, not track. But they have to train themselves to run that long. They have to train their breathing They have to train their brain, I mean, their physical body. They have to be super disciplined what they eat, when they eat, how they eat. They have to discipline their bodies. That is the same way we have to do with our bodies. We have to discipline our bodies and submit them to the Holy Spirit and say, okay, I'm willing to to be a disciplined Christian. And so I can be used to my highest potential for the Lord and so that I can have the biggest the fullest, the most powerful impact for the gospel. Jesus disciplined himself. He disciplined himself. He fasted. He prayed. He drew away from the crowd. He reconnected to God's heart. And that's why he had the biggest impact on the world. That's why we're still talking about him 2,000 years later. It's because he he was disciplined in his relationship with the Lord. And he wasn't willing to give... He wasn't willing to give that up for anything. Anything. So we have to refine our hearts. When we fast, we allow the Holy Spirit to come reach in and pull out those things that don't belong. You know, when you're hungry, you're like, okay, Lord, please don't let me snap. I get hangry. Ian knows I get hangry. And he's like, I can tell you need to to eat, babe. You need to, I know, okay. But, When we get in those places of weakness, when we feel weak physically or spiritually or mentally, that's when the Holy Spirit comes in and He's like, hey, you wouldn't feel like this if this wasn't here. You wouldn't feel like this if if pride wasn't in your life, if jealousy wasn't in your life, if eating eating unhealthy wasn't in your life. You wouldn't feel that way. So let me come in and take that out. And so through fasting, that's what we We invite the Holy Spirit to come in and say, take out what doesn't belong. I don't want it there anymore. And He draws those things out in us. And He helps us learn how to live disciplined Christian lives where we're not just fasting once a year, but we're fasting every month, one day a month, every other month, whatever it is that the Holy Spirit lays on your heart, that we practice a lifestyle of discipline when it comes to our bodies. All right, the last one we're going to talk about is we refocus our hearts when we reach out into a world around us and give our time 
abilities and money to help them. And so Matthew 25, 31 through 46 says, When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, then he will sit upon his glorious throne. All the nations will be gathered in his presence and he will separate the people as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will place the sheep at his right hand and the goats at his left. Then the king will say to those on the right, Come, you who are blessed by the Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the creation of the world. For I was hungry and you fed me. I was thirsty and you gave me drink. I was a stranger and you invited me into your home. I was naked and you gave me clothing. I was sick and you cared for me. I was in prison and you visited me. Then these righteous ones will reply, Lord, when did we ever see you hungry and feed you? Or thirsty and give you something to drink? Or a stranger and show you hospitality? Or naked and give you clothing? When did we ever see you sick or in prison and visit you? And the king will say, I tell you the truth. When you did this to one of the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you were doing it to me. Then the king will turn to those on the left and say, Away with you, you cursed ones, into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his demons. For I was hungry, and you didn't feed me. I was thirsty, and you didn't give me a drink. I was a stranger, and you didn't invite me into your home. I was naked, and you didn't give me clothing. I was sick and in prison, and you didn't visit me. And then they will reply, Lord, when did we ever see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or naked or sick or in prison and not help you? And he will answer, I tell you the truth. When you refuse to help the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you are refusing to help me. And they will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous will go into eternal life. Alan, you and Murray can come on up. So according to Jesus, a heart for God is a heart for people. When we recognize our, when we refocus our attention on what matters most to God, we realize people matter most. Everything that Jesus did for the Father was done to help people. When we give, we love God by loving people. When we love people, to God. The fullness of our prayer, fasting, and giving and reaching is that we would be moved to action, a tangible, life-changing reaching out, raising up for the glory of God. We have to refocus our heart on what really matters. And that's people. Stuff doesn't matter. Clothes don't matter. Cars don't matter. Houses don't matter. Do we need all those things to get around? Yeah. But at the end of the day, people are what matter the most to God. And as I was praying and Just studying this week, the Lord was like, Jess, like, you can't do any of these things without the other. You can't reconnect to my heart through prayer, worship, and the word, and not allow the Holy Spirit to come in and pull those things out. You can't allow the Holy Spirit to come in and pull those things out and not love on people. You can't do any of these. Yeah, sure, you can go love on people, but you're not, you know, out of your own self. You're not giving them hope or life. You're just, you know, hey, how are you? Hope you're doing good. But you're not investing in them. You're not pouring life into them. And you can only do that when the Holy Spirit comes in and pulls those things out of you. When you're reconnected to God's heart, to His affirmation, to the power of Jesus and the authority of the Holy Spirit. We can't do one of these and not have the other. We can do it in our flesh, but it's not going to make an impact on the world. It's not going to change anyone. But when we do all three of these things, when we refocus 
on the, we reconnect to the heart of God through prayer, worship, and the Word. We refine our hearts by allowing the Holy Spirit to come in through fasting. And then we re, we refocus our heart on what matters, and that is people. People, people, people. You know, and I was like, all right, Holy Spirit, well, yeah, that, that's true. It's true. He said, Jessica, you know, if the people in Arab wouldn't have reconnected to my heart through prayer, worship, and the word, if they wouldn't re have reconnected to my heart in fasting and let the Holy Spirit pull out in them what, what didn't belong, and they didn't refocus on the ultimate goal and that's souls and that's people, Holly Pond wouldn't be here. We wouldn't be here. I wouldn't be here. Pastor N wouldn't be here. None of y'all would be sitting here. This building wouldn't be, I mean, like, we would not be here. And that's what we get to do as believers now in Holy Pond. We get to reconnect to the heart of God. We get to be refined by the Holy Spirit. And then we get refocused on what matters. The building doesn't matter. It's the people who walk in here. It's the people who are being touched and reached and poured into and loved on and their lives are being changed. Their marriages are being restored. Their families are coming back together. People are getting healed of sickness and disease. That's what matters. That was Jesus' goal, His ultimate goal. That's all He came to do was to love on and reach people. He reached out and He drawed them close. You're enough for me. And that's what we get to do through prayer and fasting and giving and reaching out. We get to reach out to people who are hurting and broken and struggling. And we get to say, you're enough for us. But ultimately, you're enough for Jesus. And He loves you. And there's a plan for you. And there's a purpose for you. So we're going to pray. And we're going to go into our last song of worship. And I'm going to let you stand. Holy Spirit, we just invite you into this place. God, I, I know this was more of an information message, God. But I thank you, God, that you can speak to us even through information. God, even through... Um, God, you can speak to us through every part of your word. God, so I thank you, God, today that in this service, God, that you are reconnecting our heart to you. God, you're reconnecting our heart through prayer, worship, and the word. God, that as we go into this 21 days of prayer and fasting and giving and reaching out, God, that you would reconnect us to your heart. God, like we've never been reconnected before. God, that we would hear your voice clearer. God, that we would see what you see. God, that we would worship like we've never worshiped. God, that we would communicate with you. God, like we've never communicated with, communicated with you before. God, and I thank you through that, God, you're going to redefine our hearts through the power of the Holy Spirit. God, that, that through this fasting, through us sacrificing and disciplining our body, the Holy Spirit, we invite him to come in and redefine our hearts, to pull out the things that don't belong anymore, God, that need to come out so we can be used to our full potential and our full influence on the world for the gospel. God, and I thank you that as we do that, God, that you refocus us on the mission. God, on the thing that honors you more than anything else. And that's your people. 
that's hearts, that's lives, that's souls, that's families and marriages and friendships and that's people. That's why I pray, God, that you refocus us. God, get our eyes off of ourselves and our situation, God, and refocus us on the purpose, that the reason why we're here, and that's other people. God, we love you. God, we thank you for the opportunity to be in your house today, Lord. God, and we pray, God, that you would just be glorified as we go into this next season, this 2020 new season, new life, new vision, new words, God, new testimonies, God, new souls, more growth, more supernatural, more miracles. God, we thank you, God, that you are going to do all things according to your time, God, and it is going to be perfect. God, so we love you. We thank you in Jesus' name.